the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. A longtime advocate of religious freedom is being honored in the nation's capital tonight. Here's White House correspondent Greg Cluxton. Former Republican Congressman Frank Wolf of Virginia will be honored at tonight's Values Voters Summit Gala here in Washington. During his time in Congress, Wolf authored the International Religious Freedom Act and was an influential voice for religious freedom and human rights. The Family Research Council, which sponsors the summit, will award Wolf with its Vision and Leadership Award. Greg Clugston at the Values Voters Summit in Washington. President Trump campaigning for the GOP Senate candidate in Missouri last night said that many in Washington still refuse to accept the results of his election victory. The so-called resistance doesn't accept the will of the American people. But the president says that uh, he and his agenda, as well as the people who supported him, will continue to prevail. This is SRN News. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. It takes a lot of courage to face your own death, but I'm glad I finally did. See, I was putting off getting life insurance to protect my family, even though I knew it was important. Then my neighbor's husband died. I watched her struggle emotionally and financially. It really made me face reality. If my husband died, how would I pay the mortgage, the car payments, or keep up the life the kids and I had? I realized I needed to get us life insurance right away. So I called AIG Direct. In less than five minutes, I had a quote. I was shocked at how affordable it is. Just $14 a month for $250,000 of term life coverage. I feel so much better knowing my family has protection. Call AIG Direct right now for a free no-obligation quote. The call takes less than five minutes, and you can save up to 70%. Call now, 1-800-458-3263. That's 1-800-458-3263. 1-800-458-3263. Message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head? Comb it over? Wear a hat? Just stop. This isn't 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration expert, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to everyone who texts STAR11 to 85850. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part, Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley guarantee. Let them show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text STAR11 to 85850. Ask about the Bosley guarantee. S-T-A-R-11 to 85850. This is a pre-recorded edition of the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Turn all the lights on. It's the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We fought for these ideals, we shouldn't settle for less. These are wise words, enterprising men quote them. Don't act surprised, you guys, because I wrote them. Ow, but Hamilton forgets. His plan would have the government assume state's debts. Now place your bets as to who that benefits. The very seat of government where Hamilton sits. Not true. Oh, if the shoe fits, wear it. If New York's in debt, why should Virginia bear it? Uh, our debts are paid, I'm afraid. Don't tax the South because we got it made in the shade. Welcome back, King Banyan Show. Business 1440. That, of course, uh, part of the play Hamilton. Indeed, that is the character playing Thomas Jefferson debating Hamilton in a, in a cabinet meeting discussing the forming of the first bank of the United States, which is perfect for what we're talking about today. And, uh, and, and to uh, help us talk about it, we have uh, Carmi Matson on the line with us. Good morning, Carmi. How are you today? Good morning, King. I'm well. Thanks for having us on. You bet. You are currently a manager for public programs at the Federal Reserve Bank of Minneapolis. And I got the 
I got to thinking about having somebody on when I saw a piece put up uh, last month about uh, about Hamilton at the you know talking about it in the Minneapolis Federal Reserve. So, what are you guys doing with Hamilton right now? Yeah, well, so we decided it would be a great idea to capitalize on all of the excitement folks have about the musical to remind them that, hey, Hamilton was the founder of the central bank, and we have a central bank right here in Minneapolis. So we have a campaign going on. It involves a number of things. We've got special Hamilton-themed tours of the Minneapolis Fed, so you can come learn about Hamilton's role in starting the central bank, the history, the structure of the Federal Reserve, take a look at our cash department. So those are fun. Those are totally free. We also have a social media contest we are doing for high school and college students to propose bold economic ideas of their own. And we are giving away tickets to the show and an internship wow. at the Fed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we've also just got a quick little online quiz at our website, MinneapolisFed.org slash Hamilton for quick questions. And it can qualify you to win Hamilton merchandise. So lots of exciting things going on. Yeah. So, so you know, I- I haven't been down for a long time. I'm currently serving as, as a dean here at the School of Public Affairs at St. Cloud State, but I, I'm an old economics prof that used to teach the money and banking class. And I remember I remember uh, earlier in my career, I loved taking tours of the Minneapolis Fed. Um, what do people come see when they go do that? Yeah, it is a really exciting tour, and I know that's hard for folks to believe if they're right. not fired up about central banking. But <laughs> yeah, so we'll start out with a little bit of history about Hamilton's role in founding the first bank of the United States and how we got from there to the modern Federal Reserve System. And we'll talk about this, the governance structure, things like that. We'll talk about the three main buckets of work that the Fed does, monetary policy, banking supervision and regulation, and then financial services. And financial services is the one that actually gets kind of exciting for folks because we have a cash department at the Minneapolis Fed that's got lots of money in it, and it's driven around by robots, and we'll take you down there and you can watch the money moving from place to place on the back of a robot. So it is perhaps more exciting than you might initially believe. <laughs> All right. Now I have to take the tour tour again because I, I – it. It's been long enough. I've never seen the robots. Um, oh, goodness. Yeah. Yes, you definitely need to see I need that. To come, I need to come back down to see the robots. Uh, that, that, yes. That's absolutely true. I, look, I, I mean, I study, I study uh, monetary policy for a living, so obviously, obviously this is more interesting to me than 99.99% of, of people that do this. But it's very interesting because you talk about Hamilton, uh, and, and people might not – you refer to it as – as you know, Minneapolis has its own central bank. It is an interesting feature of the Federal Reserve that it has 12 districts and it comes out of its founding. And when Hamilton formed the first bank of the United States, he really didn't want there to be a, a bunch of different branches. But in fact, that is what happened. He wanted it in Philadelphia alone, as, as I recall the story goes. But, but you, actually, you actually now live with the same model that the Congress ended up giving to that first bank. Yeah, you know, it is very interesting that the same issues are still in play 250 years later, yeah, right? That, right. That the, battle, the battle that you played at the opening of this segment between right. Jefferson and Hamilton was really over states' rights versus federalism. All of those things still were in play at the founding of the modern Federal Reserve System in 1913, still in play today. Right, and I think that's the that's that's the part of this that 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 I, that I find really interesting because after the first bank comes the second bank, and I actually took time to read over uh, over the last week um, Andrew Jackson, who I contend the people that made Hamilton. I wonder if uh, Lin Manuel Miranda will now make Jackson because. His story is there for sure. There's a ton of material. Oh, my goodness. He is in some ways, he's certainly more colorful than Hamilton, which is saying a lot. Hamilton was a colorful (laughs) fellow, right? But Mm -hmm. but Jackson might have been even more colorful. And this letter that he sends to Congress saying, don't try to approve the Second Bank of the United States, that became his campaign in 1832, which was a which was kind of a really uh, rabble-rousing, uh, uh, kind of a nasty presidential campaign mm. at the time. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and and after that, we end up with 80 years without the without a central yeah. bank at all in the United States. 
Um, you know, Carmi, what do you what do you, what do you think about about that period? Because we just had somebody on who said, "Hey, you know, that wasn't really so bad," and and we had banks that did pretty well, and and some people refer to it as a gilded age. Uh, um, mm-hmm. But we don't. Mm-hmm. But but I certainly think people who think about the Federal Reserve uh, have maybe, and, and maybe those that work at the Federal Reserve have a different view of that of that time period. <laughs> Well, you know, the interesting thing when we bring folks in on tours is we have some photographs of old currency, so currency that was issued by banks. And, you know, that's another thing that the general public doesn't necessarily think about is we haven't always had a national currency. When there wasn't a central bank, currency was issued by individual banks. And that alone is a problem in itself in terms of preventing commerce and trade. You know, we have some photographs in our cash department of currency from the Bank of Red Wing and the Bank of Stillwater. Well, so the problem was if you were a farmer in Red Wing and you were looking to buy a cow from a farmer in Stillwater, you needed to know the exchange rate between two different towns. Right. So right. not beneficial for the growth of trade and commerce, which is what Hamilton was thinking back when he first proposed a central bank. We need to have a unified national debt. We need to unify so that we can grow the economy, grow the country. And that was Jefferson's main argument against the bank was, no, it should be we should be an agrarian society. He was not looking for that type of interstate trade and commerce. No, he, so, he wasn't. Go ahead. Yeah, well, so and so that period of when there was no central banking, then folks start to think about, well, well, so how did that work? And how how was their distribution of currency? And how did you know what value currency had and was currency backed by state bonds? You know, it's all a very complicated thing to think about. It is certainly now under the central banking system that we now have, which, as you point out, is a decentralized central bank. So meant to meant to get at that tension between representation states versus federalism, public versus, versus versus private, meant to address those things. Certainly, also from a practical perspective, much easier at centralized currency distribution as well. Right. So as you look at, as you look at for example, um, I, I, a colleague and I have spent time reading minutes of uh, FOMC meetings. It is interesting. Each of the central bank presidents, and the, the, the presidents of the 12 branches as opposed to the governors in D.C., Give a view of what they actually are seeing in their districts, and there's even there's even something that's referred to as the beige book because that's the color of the cover of the book back when they printed them up. I think they're just, I think they just give them electronic copies now, but uh, maybe they do print them. I don't know. But uh, but anyway, the, you actually are getting from each person from each bank president a view from their part of the country and they actually do have disagreements based on where they're where, where they sit is that not true carmy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's one of the benefits of a decentralized system is that each federal reserve president can come and talk about what they're experiencing in their district which might be a little bit different than what's going on in other districts and that is what's happening upcoming next week, the Federal Open Market Committee is meeting, which is why we can't actually talk about monetary policy right now. We're in what we call the blackout period for the Federal Uh, Reserve. But but the structure, you're right, that structure is meant to let the districts, and again, this gets back to that federalism versus states' rights, to let the rest of the country have as much of a say as Wall Street. You know, that was the issue at the founding of the Federal Reserve in 1913, And the debate between do we have a central central bank, one unit, or do we have a decentralized central bank as we ended up having? There was some tension about, well, if there's one, where do we put it? You know, it makes logical sense to put it in New York because that's where Wall Street is. But we don't want to create the impression that monetary policy is dictated by Wall Street. So the decentralized central bank was a compromise that we will have 12 districts so that Main Street has as much or more representation than Wall Street does. Right, right. Although the structure of the Fed is such that you got seven gov- the seven governors in D.C. and then and the New York Fed, and then so it's three presidents who are not in New York that are that are on there. So some people would say it's a minority. It's a minority that actually get a vote, but all twelve of them get to talk. Right, right. And, and, and give their viewpoint. And that's important. Right. Yeah, that's very yep. important. No, they all, 12 are there. They all express their opinions. In the end, some of them vote and some of them don't. But I think the financial press maybe makes more out of that than really is there. Yeah, and and, and, and it's pretty, I think it's also fair to say that, that 
despite the fact that there's discussion and is, if you actually read the if you actually read transcripts as opposed to the minutes which are which are a digest of what what's <laughs> happened right mm-hmm. if you actually read the minutes the 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 debates are actually probably a little sharper than the minutes might portray them but at the end it's fair to say that the fed actually comes to they largely arrive at a consensus view mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, it's largely consensus view. I thought you were going to say the minutes are a little dry, which I think is is perhaps. Oh, the case. not to me, <laughs> but 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 again, I, I I say I stew in those juices. I have I have fun reading those minutes and imagining, I re, reading the transcripts and imagining the myself in the room, right, yeah, and trying to picture are a little more fun than the minutes. <laughs> yeah, what do what does that person's face look like as they said those words? I I find myself thinking that from time to time because you know I like reading reading transcripts. I like reading plays, and and so we're talking about Hamilton and the and the mm-hmm. play there, and and so Carmi, if you can hang on the line with us, I, I we're, we need to we need to take a break right here. But when we come back, I want to talk more about about your contest and how people can participate. I mean, there are a lot of my listeners that are that have uh, I probably don't have a lot of high school students to me right now and their parents are listening to me and maybe we can get the parents to tell their kids about this and maybe maybe get get a student to go have a chance to go see hamilton we're talking with carmy mattson uh public public relations manager for the federal reserve bank of minneapolis you are listening to the king banyan show on business 1440 we'll be right back put me back on Told my girl I'd be back Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-444-2013. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes or overweight or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-444-2013. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800 800- 444-2013. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-444-2013. 800-444-2013. Pat Boone here again, and I assure you, I have never before endorsed a pain relief product. Not until now. Not until Relief Factor came along as a 100% drug-free solution for people struggling with ordinary pain. Quite simply, Relief Factor was designed by doctors to help relieve those occasional aches and pains due to aging, exercise, and everyday living. Let me ask you, are aches and pains keeping you from sleeping through the night? Or keeping you from taking those nice long walks or playing golf or tennis. You can't really call it living if you can't get around comfortably. The three-week quick start from Relief Factor may be all you need to lower or even eliminate these pains. A whole lot of people have already gone to relieffactor.com, and here's something you need to know. The majority of people who order the three-week quick start, now only $19.95, go on to order more. Let's see if we can get you out of pain, too. Go to relieffactor.com. TwinCitiesTuitions.com has been helping families for over seven years get into the school of their dreams. We have placed over 90 kids into private education, including Stacy's son. I have to say that this was an answer to prayer. This program made it possible for my son to transition into ninth grade into a wonderful school. Dealing with the station, particularly Alyssa, has been such a blessing. Education is one of the most important decisions that you can make as a parent. The difference that I've seen in in my son in a Christian education is a confidence that can only come from Jesus Christ. He stands firm in the truth. He knows what he believes, and he's going to know that that Jesus is the answer. Don't pay more than you need to for your child's first year of private school. Call me, Alyssa Brecken, at 651-289-4406. Or visit our website at TwinCitiesTuitions.com. There's a moon out tonight. Let's go strolling. There's a girl in the 
Welcome back. King Daniel Show, Business 1440. We're visiting with uh, Carmi Madsen, Public Relations Manager for the Federal Reserve Bank of Minneapolis. And I want to make sure so that we don't run out the rest of the half hour and lose her uh, before we get this out. Carmi, this is a cool thing you guys are doing in terms of getting tickets to Hamilton for a high school or college student. Tell people how to get this because it's a lot yeah. of fun. I'll post I'll post a link to the instructions on our Twitter feed as well so that we can get the word out there because it's still open. You can still participate. Mm-hmm. Yes, the deadline is September 25th, so it's still open for a few more weeks. You can go to our website. It's minneapolisfed.org slash Hamilton. And all of our Hamilton resources are there, including a description of the social media contest. So it's for high school and college students, and it is via Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, depending on what their preferred method is. And they submit up to 250 words about a bold economic idea that they have for their community. So Hamilton's bold economic idea was let's consolidate states' debts into a national bank. That was a big idea, and it didn't have a lot of supporters at the time. But here we are 250 years later with the central bank. So students can propose anything. We've had some early entrants talking about tariffs. We've had some students talking about more access to scholarship funds, so there will be less student loan debt. We have had students talking about expanding broadband Internet to rural areas. So anything that you think would be helpful to your community, any type of an economic idea, you can post up to 250 words. You can accompany it with photos. You can do a video. You can do a GIF. You can do anything. We're looking for bold, creative ideas. And then we're going to select one of those winners and give them two tickets to a performance of the show. And we'll also offer them an internship with us here at the Minneapolis Fed. Wow. What will they get to do on the internship? Well, that'll depend on their skill set and what they're interested in. But we do host interns throughout the year as well as during the summer and assign them various projects based on what we have going on. We happen to also host a high school student essay contest every year. And the winner of that contest also gets a summer internship with us to determine what next year's contest topic should be. So we have lots of opportunities. Right, and I believe your your contest winner last year was a young man from Elk River, and his dad happens to work downstairs for me. So, oh, fantastic! <laughs> yes, yeah. you are correct, indeed. Yes. Indeed, he was yeah. the winner of our contest. Yes, yeah, he, is, um, he has not yet completed his summer internship. He is off at Grinnell College right now, and will be back this summer to do his internship with us. Fantastic. So uh, uh, very, very, I had a chance to talk with him about his, his essay, and he's a, he's a very fine young man. It's a great contest, and, it, and it's just one of those things. I don't think people know Carmi Matson very much about what the Minneapolis Fed and, indeed, all the Federal Reserves do for financial education around, around the country and what big supporters you are of that. And as a, as a, a longtime economics professor, I have, to, I have to just say thank you. I mean, it's, there's, a lot of, lot of, there's a lot of good done by the work that, you're, that uh, your institution provides to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we try to do financial education, but it is kind of a little-kept secret, the same as our tour program. So definitely we'd like to get the word out there, get more sure. entrants, have, be able to expose more students to those opportunities. So, so um, have you seen Hamilton yet? You know, not in Minneapolis, but I have seen it. I saw it in Chicago as well as in New York. I am a big musical theater fan. Oh, wow. Okay, so, so... Uh, so you've 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 seen you've seen it, and you you, could, you would I think agree with me that Hamilton was really quite a colorful figure. Can to to put it mildly, <laughs> it was... <laughs> indeed, it is a very interesting story. Yes, one that you yeah. perhaps didn't know until you saw the show. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, and of course he he. He, he he of course you know meets meets a terrible end of course uh, the the famous duel uh but um but you know in the creation of the central bank i mean in that in that cabinet battle number 1 which is in the middle of of the play i'm just going to read uh uh four lines from from Hamilton's response to Jefferson. We played the Jefferson part of Jefferson's speech, and we can't play the whole thing because the FCC exists, right? So there's some stuff we can't play on radio. But I can read these four lights. He says, 
If we assume debts, the union gets a new line of credit, a financial diuretic. How, I'm, not, I'm not saying in, in, in rep. Uh, how do you not get it? If we're aggressive and competitive, the union gets a boost. You'd rather give it a set, give it a, a sedative. Um, you know, the, the, the reasons for the creation of the first bank in the United States, you know, in the way Hamilton told the story, and I think it was true, was that they were very concerned about about how they were going to deal with all the debt that the Continental Congress had put had had, had put out, and then the the new government of the United States was going to assume to sort of help build it um, uh, credit lines, right? So he says basically, look, if I can cle- if we put the debt there on it on their books, then that's going to allow us to go ahead and be able to borrow again. Um, you know, I, I find that interesting. The play ends before uh, the end of the charter. So so think about this too, Carmi. I don't know if you have any thoughts about this. this the First Bank of the United States only gets a 20-year charter. and then has to be renewed, and it doesn't get renewed. Same thing mm-hmm. happens to the Second Bank, right? Mm-hmm. The, Federal Reserve mm-hmm. doesn't have a tr- the Federal Reserve doesn't have a time limit on its charter. It, it well, goes so until Congress says you know, it no. Did. It did. So interestingly, when the Fed was first established, it too had a 20-year charter. Oh. Yeah, little little known. Yes, yes, okay. indeed. So it was similar to the first two in that it was chartered for 20 years. And then the McFadden Act, which was 1927, that was what gave the Fed permanence. Ah. So it didn't go too long before they decided, no, let's keep it. But But yeah, initially Congress just established the Fed for a 20-year charter. Wow. Okay, the little known fact. I well, actually I'd forgotten that bit of history. So so that's really that's that's really important to understand, right? So it gets a 20-year charter and then and right at the moment when they probably needed it, which was the start of the the start of the war of 1812 and of course you have to take on all this debt to sustain to sustain the war effort to hire the soldiers and provide them with munitions and with uniforms and so on. It goes away. Right. <laughs> Hamilton's right, creature. Right. Hamilton's creature goes away. Of course, Hamilton's not there because he's because the duels already already happened. So he's not right. there anymore to protect it. Um, and, 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 you know, and that's so, interesting. The role of Madison then there is interesting. Yeah. Right. So the first bank, the charter expires and Madison was so, so opposed to having Hamilton's bank. He was on the side of Jefferson. That was it was going to make the state subservient to the federal government. Absolutely opposed. And then the War of 1812 happens and Madison now is president and he is the one who signs the bill chartering the second bank. So he had to come full circle there on that. Right. And so in the process, it's really interesting to me that 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 it seems to me and drawing a parallel. So today we have these debates about the coastal elites versus the great heartland. In essence, you can tell that story in Hamilton. Right. Because Hamilton's New York and Jefferson's Virginia and Virginia was the heartland. It's the agrarian society. Do you think that parallel works? for? Does that work for you? I I can see that. It's interesting. You know, you've not mentioned the song in the musical, The Room Where It Happens, which is the story of what actually happened there and how it was a compromise. Hamilton then gets the bank, but Jefferson gets the capital. Right, right. Well, I could only I could only play one song from it to stay to stay <laughs> yep. within uh, to stay within rules. But I and I wanted I wanted I wanted I wanted really to get Jefferson to be to I wanted the Jefferson character because I, I, I'm biased. I love Jefferson. Uh. Um, <laughs> I just do. So so and I, I I mean I love both of them. But I love Jefferson. I love Jefferson more than that. Carmi Matson. Uh, let's remind people one more time if they want to see this this see the take the tour. And if they want to, and they want to have their kids participate in the contest, which deadline is September 25th, so it's coming up fast. But they're going to go to MinneapolisFed.org/Hamilton. Do I have that right? That's correct. Yes. All right. MinneapolisFed.org/Hamilton to take part in that. Carmi, thank you so much for spending time with us this morning. It's nice of you to take some part of your Saturday with us, and uh, and we enjoyed having you on the show. My pleasure, King. Thank you. Thank you very much. We'll be back after this. You're listening to the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. I put a spell on you.
Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-607-3551. That's 800-607-3551. 800-607-3551. Or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. It's the geometry teacher who mans the ticket window. It's the kid in grade school who paints her face blue and white before every home game. It's the accountants and salesmen and store managers who give up their Friday evenings to referee. It's the graduate who listens to the league championship game on the internet. It's the parent who sells ads in the school athletic program. It's the cashier at the corner convenience store who wears school colors on every game day. It's the trainers, equipment managers, and ball boys who never miss a practice. What makes high school sports here in Minnesota so special? They do. You do. We all do. High school sports. It's the we that every community needs. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. How much do you spend on your pest control each year? $200, $300, or even $500 or more? What if I said you could spend less than $25 a year, even less with promo code RADIO20? Then listen up. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-In Pest Free, and yes, it is possible to rid your home or business of unwanted pests for less than $25 per year. The answer is Plug-In Pest Free. Our best seller, the Plug-In Pest Free Pro, will cover up to 4,000 square feet. Now that's fair dinkum. For just a one-time cost of only $249, even less with promo code RADIO20, you'll be pest-free for years to come. Log on to gopestfree.com today. Use promo code RADIO20 and start driving those pests away. Don't spray and regret. Plug in and forget. Gopestfree.com. That's gopestfree.com. Promo code RADIO20. Join Dr. King Banyan as he shows you economic charts, graphs, and other visual aids you can't see on the radio here on Business 1440. Okay, that's just funny. <laughs> King Banyan Show, Business 1440. I saw them in, of all places, San Bernardino, California, 1980. Really? Yes. Did you know that, I don't know if they're still in their current form, but they are still together, and from time to time they are, or are touring? I saw they were playing Lollapalooza a few years back, and I went, that's not really their crowd anymore. But then I saw highlight videos of it, if that's what you want to call. The crowd yeah. loved it. They were into it. <laughs> the young- they're, they're they're very fun. I mean, I mean, at least when I saw them, you know, whatever that is, thirty eight years ago, they were fun. I mean, they were just they, the show was a blast. Um, I have to say, the band, the the crowd was in a good mood because uh, I've told you the boss gag stories warming up for Eagles and Fleetwood Mac, right? Who yes, warms you did up last for, week? I yeah, believe. You're right. So who who te- who warms up for Devo? A band from that area, from the Inland Empire of of Southern California. You probably only know the name of the lead singer. But you might know the name of the band. The band was Oingo Boingo. Oh, okay. Yep, Danny Elfman. Yeah. Up front. Uh, uh, 
did the, was they were the opening act to Devo and and I would say that in the long run, Oingo Boingo had the better career, the, the better <laughs> career path of, it, of the two bands. But that's not what it was like in 1980. In the long run, that's how it worked out, isn't it? it it's funny yeah. that you would say that because I do know Danny Elfman. He did not make the list um, of all the uh, Ohio bands, as I told you uh, via Twitter, King. We're playing pretty right. much all Ohio bands because the Gophers play Miami of Ohio today, and I'm heading there after the show. So I right. thought I'd stick with the theme because if you if you ever want to get lost in the day king just google a state and all the bands that come from there it's yeah. it's pretty impressive just to figure out where everybody's from and I mean of course Ohio would have some good bands right it's the rock and roll hall of fame Right well I'll tell you what try my state my home state New Hampshire Not many well, I mean, you're going to play a lot of Aerosmith. I promise you that. <laughs> um, all Aerosmith so, all the time. All Aerosmith all the time. Marshall Tucker bands from New Hampshire. Um, uh, Jay Giles. Uh, oh. Yeah. Um, um, uh, and, the, and then you're down to some really obscure... Obscure New Hampshire, not Boston, but you have to actually have to have a New Hampshire address. That, that takes a little doing. Anyway, six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. So, what we've done is, and what we've done in the last hour is give you sort of a historical retrospective of what things were like. One by a person who, you know, talks about the first and second bank of the United States and talks about there being a gilded age in between. That's Fern McKinley, uh, whose whose book with James Freeman borrowed time now out. At available at your favorite bookseller online or in in brick and mortar, uh, and then and then uh, Carmi Matson, uh, public relations manager for the Federal Reserve Bank of Minneapolis, where Hamilton, which is the play currently going on at the Orpheum, is being celebrated right now, and and of course, you know Hamilton is the person who is who is in fact uh, who is in fact saying we need a central bank. Um, I will tell you, I took, I drew from uh, uh, Freeman and McKinley's book that that fact that what Hamilton really wanted was not the federal structure that the that the Fed itself has. He wanted really there to be a single bank, and he wanted it in Philly because he already owned it. <laughs> that part doesn't really come out. It kind of comes out a little bit, and that's why I played Cabinet Battle Number One and didn't do the room where it happens. The room where it happens, you'd have to listen really hard to hear that the bank was part of the compromise. It, it, Carmi's right; it was part of the compromise, no question. Uh, but but that fact, that little it, it, that fact, barely comes out in it. But the fact that the entire Cabinet Battle Number One is over the formation of the First Bank of the United States is really interesting and for me it's you know i have not i have never seen the play I, I as i mentioned to you before but i have listened to the soundtrack to the original soundtrack because i do find it interesting when we've been careful about how much we can play <laughs> of it because because it's it's got words you can't put on radio but uh including around the word not that part not the uh, room where it happens part yeah, you could pretty much play that whole thing straight through but it, it is it, it is interesting in that regard um one one listener uh, uh who who has my phone number text me should ask about whether hamilton himself was anti-capitalist um I wouldn't use the word that way. I would argue that Hamilton was, in fact, pretty much a mercantilist at heart. He like he would have he would have supported a lot of the trade policies that that you've heard me complain about, but that are part of the uh, current uh, Trump administration's trade policies. But when it came to the formation of a central bank, it you know it wasn't it. it, it I mean, he proposed it as a as a way to give the government to, a way to borrow more money. Jefferson, who I admit is the, my bias in this, and it's interesting to me that that the party that celebrates Jefferson and Jackson are in fact the Democrats and not the Republicans, but they were the ones that were in favor of states' rights at the time. Um, they 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 ended up supporting the right of states in the South to to continue slavery. Uh, it's not an accident. Both Jefferson and Jackson came from southern states, Virginia and Tennessee. But more to the point, 
they were fearful of the terms on the loans that bank that because if you're in an agrarian society what do you need you need money to bridge between the time you plant the seed and the time you harvest the harvest the crop and it's banks that do that and the banks make the money off the middle middle of that transaction so there's this natural tension manufacturers you know take inventory loans and and construction people take construction loans and there's banks in the middle of it so these repeated financial crises that happen that end up being supported by government which i believe i believe hamilton if hamilton had been in the room with with uh bernanke and paulson and geithner and chris cox at the sec he would have been all in favor of what happened in 2008 because because his argument his public argument for the for the first bank of the united states was we have to take the debt that currently is burdening the government of the united states this brand new government we need to move it into a bank so that the government is solvent and when it needs to it can borrow more money what did tarp do it 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 basically allowed the bad loans that were sitting on the books of the various banks to be supported by a higher level of capital and said we meaning you and me taxpayers are going to share some of the risk that those loans will are not just illiquid but they're in fact insolvent or need to be written down to the market price which at that point was running somewhere around 70 cents on the dollar so you might or maybe even less i mean gosh if you look at what happened to bear stearns they discounted the price of bear stearns initially to 90 to knock off 90 cents on the dollar they were going to sell the stock at two bucks a share in you know it when when it was allowed to 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 merge um but that in fact isn't what happened to with, with morgan jp morgan but but in fact uh it was the government that came back and said no 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 you can't just pay two dollars a share you got to pay 10 because that's just too big a knockoff that is at at the end of the day the serious issue with what happened in 2008 it wasn't that there was a crisis it was that the way in which we thought about how we were going to solve the crisis didn't happen and then on top of that on top of that here we are 10 years later and we still have these disagreements about how this actually turned out uh ross let's play this clip this is from this is for on this week on uh, on bloomberg a group of people that are asked i've watched three or four of these as they were happening but this is just a montage of a bunch of people i'm not going to identify all of them but many of them are either are either former central bankers or or ceos of financial institutions talking about the crisis i don't think anyone in the world was prepared prepared for the kind of the devastation that hit the morning after the bankruptcy of, of lehman brothers and the chaos and the in the markets. So I remember saying to a good friend of mine, um, I'm down on paper 100 million quid today. I was traveling from Zurich to Frankfurt when I got a phone call from our US head telling me it's over. It's pretty obvious that there are three levers that are available in that circumstance. There's either central bank liquidity support, that's what central banks are there for, or there are government guarantees of the liabilities of the banks, or there is recapitalization of the banks. When you saw contagion from the U.S. to other countries around the world, and not just other small countries around the world, but major financial markets around the world. Well, we are living through a, a financial crisis, uh, and we might be heading towards... Uh, a great depression even if uh, we don't act uh, very forcefully and so the the theme that comes out of that is this very it's very important point in fact in fact let me let me go back and play once more um once more just the the first minute or so of hank paulson on on this day 10 years ago in 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 2008 last night uh, the federal reserve chairman ben bernanke sec chairman sec chairman chris cox and i had a lengthy and productive working session with congressional leaders 
we began a substantive discussion on the need for a comprehensive approach to relieving the stresses on our financial institutions and markets. We have acted on a case-by-case basis in recent weeks, addressing problems at Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, working with market participants to prepare for the failure of Lehman Brothers, and lending to AIG so it can sell some of its assets in an orderly manner. And this morning, we've taken a number of powerful tactical steps to increase confidence in the system, including the establishment of a temporary guarantee program for the U.S. money market mutual fund industry. Okay, stop there. So the first two things that come out of that is we've got to do something. Now, that's not an economic argument, as uh, Peter Fisher pointed out in a wonderful, wonderful speech uh, that was written up in Grant's Interest Rate Observer uh, last year, right? The fact that, that to say they have to do something is a moral claim, as Fisher points out. Yet for 80 years, they didn't have to do something. And banks reacted, like Citibank, to steal themselves to not make not make foolish loans to take on deposits that were fit, were stable and not likely to run off at the first sign of at the first sign of any issue of any issue to stop self-dealing of the of the owners of the bank giving themselves loans and never having to repay them right did they really have to do something that's the question that's why that's why uh, uh, Freeman and McKinley's book is important because you're getting a history that includes 80 years where where no one had to do something they took care of it they took care of themselves even in the panic in 1837 someone did do something to save Citibank which was in really perilous condition but it was a private solution not a public solution the second cl- claim as you can hear from as you can hear from um, from uh, uh, as you can hear as you could hear from Paulson is that you know things th- we have to experiment we have to try something new and so they started to really freelance in the middle of 2008 well okay there's some there's some value in that but we've never really had a conversation about whether or not that freelancing worked all we get is the third claim the third claim being It'd have been a lot worse if we didn't do something. When we come back, I want to replay the Bernanke clip again, just to have you hear the central banker of that time say, we had to do something, and it would have been worse if we didn't do something. We'll be back with that after this. King Banyan Show, Business 1440. Business 1440 is KYCR, Golden Valley. Hey, have you heard about the Arctic Spa's Spa Boy? What's that, eh? It's a salt system that monitors itself and chlorinates when the sanitation is low in your hot tub or swim spa, eh? Yeah, Hoser, I talked to a lot of the other guys, and they said that salt stuff doesn't work. Of course they do, because no other spa company can offer anything like it. Like 10 years ago, everyone had some kind of salt system, and they all failed. The difference is that Arctic Spas went back to the drawing board, and now they got a system that really works, eh? Hey, you know, I also heard that if you just fill the tub up with insulation, it's a better way to insulate the spa. Yeah, if that was the best way to do it, wouldn't you fill up your house with insulation, too? If you have the best insulation on the floor, walls, and roof to keep the heat in, that's what's important. Insulation. Like, that's what makes Arctic the most energy-efficient hot tub in the world. Yeah, that's a big statement, eh? It is a pretty great hot tub. Visit Premier Pool and Spa in Chanhassen today and see what makes Arctic so great for Minnesota climates. Premier Pool and Spa, where we take fun seriously. PremierPools.com, eh? Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-444-2013. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance to buy a million 
million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-444-2013. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-444-2013. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-444-2013. 800-444-2013. Giving your computer problems a boot. Arby's Computer Service. Hi, everybody. Randy from Arby's Computer Service. Let's talk managed services. Managed services is when you let a company like ours take over the responsibilities of keeping all of your computers and servers protected and running efficiently. We keep your systems patched, keep antivirus protection on all of your systems, provide a way to filter out much of the malware, manage your backups, and most of all, keep you up and running. This is no easy task and takes you time. Time is money. If your server or even an important computer goes down, can you afford this? Let us take care of all this for you, and you can stay focused on being profitable. And don't forget, we also fix your PCs, Macs, cell phones, and tablets, too. Call us today at 763-441-3884. Once again, 763-441-3884, or find us on the web at rbsmn.com. Giving your computer problems the boots. Arby's Computer Service. It's the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Music by George Clinton and George Beverly Shea. You won't admit you love me. And so, how am I ever... Welcome back, King Banyan Show. Business 1440. One more word of thanks to both... um, Vern McKinley and Carmi Matson for being on the show today. Just a reminder to you, the Background Talkers Tour on uh, Thursday, October 25th, 7 to 9.30 at the Radisson Blue. You're going to have Dennis Prager, Larry Elder, Michael Medved, and the Narn at this event. If you missed the VI back Battleground, Battleground Talkers Tour, thank you. Ugh. Battleground Talkers Tour, uh, just... If you want the VIP elite treatment, too late for the Narn, my friends. But Medved still goes. Way so too go. late. Congrats to you and your friends. What a, yeah, what, a, we, what a cool deal. I hope you rub it in. Yeah, we we, we, we will rub it in. But uh, if you are interested, you're certainly still invited. In fact, that's the only VIP ticket left is to go is to, is a couple seats with. Uh, I think there are two seats left with uh, with uh, Michael Medved, but uh, you can still get in to hear the uh, Battleground Talkers Tour event itself starting at 7 o'clock. Uh, general admission is $20, preferred seating $39, bucks, and seats are still available, so please please get there. But they might sell out pretty soon. I don't. It's hard to say, uh, but uh, you should try to get in there pretty soon. It'll be, it'll be a lot of fun for that. Just go to am12athepatriot.com or to twincitiesbusinessradio.com. And from either place, you'll see the banner right there at the top. Go ahead and get tuned into that. So here's, here's again, my, my, one, my, my one point to make about this. And the last point I'll make is that things would have been worse without it. Okay, so this is what it always comes back to is things would have been worse without it. And at the time, I confess, I thought so too. Ben Bernanke, chair of the Fed at the time, still believes the same thing. And so we played this when we had Vern Vern McKinley on, but let's replay. This is this past week, uh, Ben Bernanke at Yale University on a panel talking about the financial crisis when he's asked, how do you think you guys did? You know, it's not really a fair question, obviously, because, you know, we didn't let students grade themselves usually, right? I mean, I think think generally, I mean, my general sense, you know, we, we didn't anticipate the full, when we ended, all of us had various concerns about the financial system, about the economy. None of us anticipated the full ramifications and extent of the crisis, and so in that respect, we were late. Uh, we then responded very aggressively. I think overall we were successful in stabilizing the financial system, and there was a paper given here yesterday about comparing how quickly it happened, at what cost, how quickly the economy recovered, and generally speaking, we look good compared to other advanced economies to other countries and that have had crises in the past. Um, I think where, you know, we didn't succeed, obviously, and, 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 and uh, Tim already alluded to that, is that, you know, we didn't persuade the country, generally speaking, that what we were doing was necessary, although we firmly believed it was. 
And so that communication issue, I think, is, is still out there. But we did respond aggressively to the crisis itself and, and did bring it under control pretty quickly. So there's no dis- – and, and, and that's fine. But, again, that claim that it would have been worse is like, I don't know. It, 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 it lacks imagination, and that's, that's why I wanted to do this with Vern. And, I mean, I could have had Vern to talk about his, on, on to talk about his book pretty much any time. I knew about the Hamilton thing before, but the reason I wanted to integrate them into this show is to think about the fact that we actually have a history of what happens of a time when we didn't have a central bank, when we didn't have a lender of last resort, when when we didn't have deposit insurance. We have a we have a we have a history of it. And for us to sort of say, well, we were sure things would have been worse without it, it is it is a lack of imagination, really. And I think there are side effects to what we've done. And it's true Every time we do something like what we did in 2008, what, what Bernanke and Paulson and Geithner and Cox proposed and what Congress eventually passed after first rejecting it, there are side effects to that. And to this day, I don't think we've seen a serious examination of the side effects and asked ourselves the very serious question of, are the side effects worse than the than the benefit of it? Yes, the financial system stayed together, but you have to argue that there are costs to that: a loss of faith, a loss of trust in in government itself, in 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 the financial system itself, that causes people to pull back, to not take risk. To, those things have happened as a result, and I could name lots of other things that have happened as well. And you know if you give me a drug that if you give me a drug that cures cancer but in fact causes brain damage would i actually take it i don't know it's always a question of the side effects versus the treatment itself that's what you have to worry about so as you think about the financial crisis this week think about yeah we got we got around it but was the was the cure worse than the disease itself that's left for you. Thanks so much for spending time with us. Thank you, Ross, for the music as well. We'll be back soon with another another edition of the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. You're finally thinking about retirement, and I'm sure you're wondering, do I have enough money to retire? Will I be able to take that trip, buy that special something, or visit the kids? Now is the time to get your arms around your money, protect and grow your nest egg, so you can live out your retirement dreams. Join us at Online Trading Academy. Call us for a free investing class by dialing pound 250 on your cell phone. Use keyword OTA. Again, pound 250, keyword OTA. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. It takes a lot of courage to face your own death, but I'm glad I finally did. See, I was putting off getting life insurance to protect my family, even though I knew it was important. Then my neighbor's husband died. I watched her struggle emotionally and financially. It really made me face reality. If my husband died, how would I pay the mortgage, the car payments, or keep up the life the kids and I had? I realized I needed to get us life insurance right away. So I called AIG Direct. In less than five minutes, I had a quote. I was shocked at how affordable it is. Just $14 a month for $250,000 of term life coverage. I feel so much better knowing my family has protection. Call AIG Direct right now for a free no-obligation quote. The call takes less than five minutes, and you can save up to 70%. Call now, 1-800-458-3263. That's 1-800-458-3263. 1-800-458-3263. Pat Boone here again, and I assure you, I have never before endorsed a pain relief product. Not until now. Not until Relief Factor came along as a 100% drug-free solution for people struggling with ordinary pain. Quite simply, Relief Factor was designed by doctors to help relieve those occasional aches and pains due to aging, exercise, and everyday living. Let me ask you, are aches and pains keeping you from sleeping through the night? Or keeping you from taking those nice long walks or playing golf or tennis? You can't really call it living if you can't get around comfortably. The three-week quick start from Relief Factor may be all you need to lower or even eliminate these pains. A whole lot of people have already gone to relieffactor.com and here's something 
you need to know. The majority of people who order the three-week quick start, now only $19.95, go on to order more. Let's see if we can get you out of pain, too. Go to relieffactor.com. The midterms are set to shape the future of our state, economy, and country. How might the market shift, and how will you stay informed? Start by joining us for an in-depth conversation with Larry Elder, Michael Medved, and Dennis Prager at the Battleground Talkers Tour, Thursday, October 25th at the Radisson Blue Mall of America. Join us and be actively involved in choosing our elected officials. Tickets start at only $20. Find yours at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. Your home for up-to-the-minute market updates. This is Business 1440, KYCR Golden Valley. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.